0: Hello and welcome to Heads and Tails, the Christopher Nolan of Cricket Podcast. In this podcast, we use current cricket news and events as an anchor, note that word, anchor, to enter a wormhole into the game's glorious past and revisit stories. It looks like we jumped the gun last week, kickstarting Tendulkar at 50 tributes a full week before anyone else did. Chopper knows how are you celebrating Sachin Tendulkar's 50th birthday week? not much i just uh, watched a couple of uh, highlights videos on youtube and read a couple of my favorite uh, tendulkar pieces haven't we all been doing that in case you haven't got enough of a dose of tendulkar uh, today or during this week do check out our episode from last week where chops and me pick out some great moments from Tendulkar's wonderful career. But it's time to move on to our next episode then. And uh, as always, we will start off with an update about what's going on in the glorious world of the Indian Premier League. Uh, Chopernos, have you been following the IPL this week at least? I have. Uh, I've finally managed to catch a little bit of the IPL.
1: No last over finishes uh, or last ball finishes since I was watching. So they conspired to play non close matches. Uh, But yeah, it's interesting times at the IPL. It's getting to that stage where uh, uh, the the wheat is getting separated from the shaft. So yeah, let's see what happens in the next
0: set of matches and which four teams go into the last stage. Lovely then. It looks like IPL 2023 is the heads and tails of all IPLs because this IPL is turning into a proper throwback. With Chennai Super Kings sitting pretty at the top. And it's again a question of nine other teams fighting with each other. Uh, In case you've been watching the tournament chops, you might have noticed Ajinkya Rahane has been playing some outrageous innings. He scored 71 of 29 balls in his last outing against Kolkata, which was his previous team in the IPL. Uh, And he's playing all the shots in the book and a few of them from outside the book as well. You would not have expected that. From Ajinkya Rahane, but in a World Cup year, looks like he might be staking a claim for number 4. Yep. My gold
1: standard for uh, T20 innings is still the 70 that uh, Yuvrat scored of, uh, uh, against Australia in the first T20 World Cup 2007. Uh, that was 70 of 30 and Rahane went one run better of one ball less. So yeah, I mean... Uh, quite the turnaround, nobody would have uh, expected it in their wildest dreams that Rahane would, would be able to do this. And I mean, if he continues this rich, rich vein of form, who knows, um, you know, it, it might just be him making a comeback in the most, uh, uh, most unlikely format for him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, very, very happy for him. And finally, he's getting his due, not in the blue or
0: in the whites, but in the yellow. So be it. Just CSK things, let's say. And let's let's see if Rahane can keep this going. It'll be great to see Rahane playing for India in multiple other formats. So we will look forward to that.
1: There used to be a time when he used to be an ODI
0: opener, right? Yeah. And uh, also a T20 opener. He's opened for India in a T20 World Cup. Probably played the worst T20 innings of all time against West Indies in the 2016-2020 uh, World Cup uh, uh, I think he scored 40 of 36 balls opening at the Wanderers Stadium, uh, a, an innings which uh, ever since Moneyball or analytics came into cricket has been uh, uh, deciphered and you know d- disintegrated into uh, you know uh, rather has been analysed to the core. And lots of people have called out that it is one of the worst innings ever played. But the new Rahane that we're seeing is nothing like that. So so let's see if uh, this this means a new face of life for Rahane, the T20 batsman. Absolutely. At the other end of the spectrum, where Rahane and CSK are, is uh, our favorite meme team of the IPL, which is Lucknow Super Giants. They are still in that tight pack of teams that are uh, you know, jostling for the second position at the moment uh, with eight points at this stage. Uh, but their captain, KL Rahul, has had a fairly chastening week at the IPL. And the hook that we're using to go into the past is one of the games that Lucknow played this week against uh, the Gujarat Titans. One of the strangest games of T20 you would ever see. So I'm going to quickly give you the lowdown of what happened in that game chops. So Gujarat batted first and they got 135 for 6 in 20 overs. It wasn't a very fast pitch. The ball wasn't coming onto the bat. The spinners were able to dominate quite a bit. But Hardik Pandya scored some runs and and got them to 135. It looked like an easy chase uh, for Lucknow. Uh, Rahul played out a maiden, uh, but after having played six balls for zero runs, he then turned it around, scored 30 of his next 12 balls, and then he slowed down again, 20 of the next 20, and then only 18 of the next 23, as Lucknow's chase went from a position of great strength into complete disintegration. So like I said, chasing 135 for six, a flyer in the power play, they got it down to 30 to win of 34 balls with nine wickets in hand including a well-ensconced Rahul in the middle. And somehow from there, they managed to lose that game with Rahul himself batting through till the last over and then getting out. He was waiting for the fast bowlers to come uh, to take runs of Mohamed Shami and uh, and Mohit Sharma. He wasn't going after the spinners. But in the end, he loses his wicket. In the meantime, Nicholas Puran gets out for one of seven balls. Marcus toinus gets out for a first ball duck. And the Lucknow Super Gents fall short. They they're uh, eventually finish at 128 for seven. To hand a seven-run victory to, uh, to Gujarat. But the key part here is what Rahul said in the immediate aftermath of this shocking defeat. I don't know how it has happened. It happened too fast. I can't put a finger on where we let the game slip, a game which was in our pocket. This is what Rahul had to say. Though watching this game, it was a bit like watching a train wreck in slow motion or watching a cube <laughs> of ice melt slowly but inevitably on a hot summer afternoon i mean uh, even when you were reading it out it just kept going from bad to worse
1: and uh, if if lucknow has any fans um, you know I, I i just have great deal of empathy and sympathy for them but yeah i mean just a shocking shocking uh, loss for uh, kale rahul's team and for kale
0: rahul as well a lot of us jobs, and i'm sure you also are one of them when uh, when you saw this game unfold when i saw this game unfold i was reminded of a game from cricket's glorious past, which we are going to talk about today. Absolutely. We are going back to
1: September of 2002. uh, And we are going to our Premadasa Stadium in Colombo, which was the venue for um, one of the two semifinals in the 2002 Champions Trophy. Uh, This uh, tournament was originally supposed to be held in India, but then the ICC and the BCCI uh, and the Indian government involved as well uh, there were some taxation issues uh, for the tournament income that the ICC was going to make. And uh, hence, the tournament was shifted to Sri Lanka. A great moment of honor for Sri Lanka, which was uh, hosting its first premier ICC tournament. Uh, we'll cut straight to the chase and uh, we'll go to uh, the semi-final, which India played against South Africa. Uh, we had Saurav Ganguly winning the toss against Graeme Smith. And uh, of course, India decided to bat first. Bear in mind that India was coming off a famous, famous win. The 2002 NatWest Trophy win at Lodz. uh, At the end of which, Ganguly bared his midriff to the entire world. (laughs) Here, uh, he was in no such uh, mood. He and Sehwag came out to open. And Sehwag was uh, one of those batters in that era who every single time almost, he used to get India off to a flyer. Uh, This occasion was no different. He was whacking the South African uh, opening bowlers. Sean Pollock and uh, Makaya Antini all around the park. Uh, Dada was also going uh, well at the other end. But then, as it used to happen in that time, uh, he fell to the short ball trap, easy catch at uh, deep fine leg of uh, Antini. And then, for first change, came Lakshman for India and Alan Donald, who famously had a problem in controlling the swing
0: with the white ball. Yes. And so, one down or first change was his uh, was his bowling mark. Also, key to note that Sachin Tendulkar was batting at number 4. So, this was that phase of his career after Sachin had had his glory run as an opener in one-day cricket, uh, an epoch-defining opener, where yeah. he was shunted back to the middle order. You know, he had a few injuries, he was missing a few games here and there. And the the advent of Sehwag meant that India had a, a wonderful opening Option at the top. And Ganguly was doing fairly well as an opener as well back then. So Tendulkar was sent down to stabilize the middle order. So he was down to number four. And Rahul Dravid would come afterwards, right? This was the phase where Dravid would be, you know, the anchor in the lower middle order along with the inexperienced new players, Yubraj and Kef. And uh, Dravid was also uh, playing in the middle order, perhaps because
1: he was uh, keeping wickets for India in this phase. Uh, Since India couldn't find a white ball all rounder at all. They had to make do with Dravid in that option uh, of wicketkeeper-batsman. And uh, uh, fair to say that Dravid did that job fairly, fairly well. Uh, so yeah, Sehwag and uh, Lakshman are going uh, fairly well for India in the in this phase of the innings. They are uh, picking their 1s and 2s. Sehwag is still scoring quite a few boundaries. Uh, and then you have uh, Alan Donald getting a breakthrough. He gets Lakshman caught behind. Uh, Sehwag goes soon after, he's trying to uh, pull a short ball quite outside of stump from Kallis, and he's uh, caught at mid on. And then uh, it's it's an amazing, amazing moment of fielding. It's Sachin at number 4. He's not made uh, many runs, uh, dabs one into the uh, offside, calls Dravid for a quick single, who refuses uh, the invitation, sends Sachin back. Yeah. Jaunty Rhodes, the famous Jaunty Rhodes, is onto the ball in a flash. Uh, He's collecting with his back to the stumps, to the pitch. And then he turns around in a quick civil motion, uh, throws the ball straight into the waiting Mark Boucher's gloves. And uh, that finds Sachin short of the crease. So, yeah, amazing run out. The odd thing about this dismissal for me was that uh, somehow the third umpire wasn't flashing the lights. Generally, it was the red light or Mm -hmm. the green light, uh, you know, uh, depending on the decision. But the third umpire relayed the decision to uh, the on-ground umpire, Russell Tiffin, who is the elder brother of Russell Meals. And he had to raise his (laughs) finger to... (laughs) (laughs) He had to send uh, Sachin (laughs) on his bike for, uh,
0: for a low score. That's a very interesting point that you mentioned about the third umpire. I didn't realize that for some reason the third umpire did not flash the lights in this one. Because Tendulkar and Jaunty Rhodes, of course, is the famous combination. Uh, I think roughly 10 years prior to this, yeah. uh, Jaunty Rhodes ran out Tendulkar as the first ever third umpiring dismissal in in, in cricket's history, right? So yeah. Tendulkar, of course, the forest Gump of cricket, he's been at some of the most important moments of history in the game. So the partnership that was flourishing now was uh, the young gun, Yuvrat
1: Singh and uh, Rahul Dravid. Rahul Dravid uh, took his role to be more the ones and twos and keeping the strike uh, ticking uh, he scored uh, 49 odd runs uh, with just two fours Yuvraj meanwhile was uh, you know displaying all his skills and all his aura in this amazing partnership he was uh, you know uh, unleashing the pull shot especially to great effect there's one moment when there is a face off between uh, UV and uh, Jack Callis. Carlos uh, uh, has bowled a, a rank long hop and Uv has uh, smacked a pull in front of mid-wicket 4-4 and they are just looking at each other, looking yeah. at each other, <laughs> looking at each other. And then finally, you know, it's the bowler who has to turn around and go back <laughs> to his mark. And as soon as he does that, um, Uv breaks into a smile with his <laughs> uh, batting partner and, and it's just uh, no big deal
0: for him at all. Um, even even here, it's it's a bowler's game, right? Like, ultimately, a batsman can keep staring back because yeah. the bowler is the one who has to go back to the head of his run-up and he can't walk backwards. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, especially after the batsman has hit him for four. But by now, the pitch has started showing its colours because you have bowlers like Sean Pollock and Lance Klusner bowling with Mark Boucher standing up to the stumps. Yes. And they're bowling. They're just bowling off-cutters at this stage. So the pitch has started doing its usual Premadasa Sri Lankan things where the pitch has started slowing down. And uh, run scoring is becoming tougher, right? So, yep. India, after going at 6 and over for about 20 overs, uh, you can see the run rate is steadily dropping. But it's now really a battle of attrition to try and get as many runs on the board as possible.
1: Yep. mohammed Kef uh, comes out to the crease um, after uh, Rahul Dravid uh, falls to Klusner. It's a, it's a straightforward LBW decision. There's one rifle, rifle pull shot of uh, uh, Alan Donald that uh, Yuvraj hits. Uh, one bounce, four to square leg. And more or less after that, the innings just uh, disintegrates, as you mentioned. Uh, you know, the pitch is showing its effect. The new batters are not able to time the ball off the square. Uh, UV goes to Pollock, and then Kef falls on the next ball. Uh, it's a clumsy pull shot, which um, uh, gives out a team catch to Midon. And then he gets another wicket in the same over. Uh, it's, I think, Zahir Khan who uh, gets out to a full toss. Um, and then Harbhajan is is uh, clean bowled off a slower ball by Donald in the last over. Uh, India losing a flurry of wickets in the end, not able to uh, you know foot uh, put their foot on the pedal at all, uh, ending at just two sixty one for nine when they looked good for a lot lot more uh, yeah. you know, somewhere at the halfway stage.
0: And then the chase begins under lights. Uh, this of course is the era of. Ganguly's boys, right? And we've already seen a couple of them exert their influence in this game, which is Sevag and Yuvraj, who both got 50s. Then you have Zaheer Khan coming into the action very early. And Zaheer was quickly developing this reputation of someone who would continuously trouble South Africa's captain, Graeme Smith. And I think yeah. this was one of the first times he probably got uh, Smith out cheaply. So Smith yeah. cover drives him for a four and then goes for a, for a slightly airy cut shot, goes off the thickish outside edge. In the region of point, and what does Yuvraj Singh do there? Chops. So the the thing that I remember about this Yuvraj Singh catch is that it
1: almost seemed like he was the diagonal of a square uh, when <laughs> yeah. he was when he was you know in the full frame of his dive. It's a fantastic catch. He's flying to his uh, to his right uh, and taking the catch with uh, both hands off a full-blooded cut shot. It was it was a f- yeah. you know terrible ball. Short and wide out had yeah. the off stump and, and Graeme Smith really, uh, you know, gives it a, a whacking. And Yuvrat Singh just manages to hold on to it. And and it's one of those moments that, uh, you know, energizes the fielding team no end. And you can see yeah. all the all the fielders rushing to him and and knowing that, you know, knowing once again that they've uh, found a really good one in Yuvrat Singh. And yeah. uh, I mean, throughout the chase, even though... You will learn soon how South Africa are, uh, you know, going great guns. To see Yuvraj at point and kef at cover uh, chasing after anything that gets uh, hit into the offside was a sight for sore eyes for us Indian fans who who were troubled no end for so many years by, by fielders who would just, you know, wave their hand in the <laughs> air and ask the guy, non-existent uh,
0: guy near the boundary to, you know, uh, mop it up. Uh, let's not be harsh. We had Ajay Jareja and Robin Singh doing point and cover yeah, duty true, before true. this and they were fairly good. Uh, and you had Mohammad Azruddin as well around there in the offside ring. So that, that wasn't too bad. But yes, Yuvraj and Kev were world class. And this catch, yeah, I think we should spend a little more time talking about it. Like you said, I think a good description is diagonal of a square. It was a full length dive up and to the right, right? You, yeah. you You generally see people diving straight up or jumping straight up, leaping high to take a catch or diving horizontally to take a catch. This was perfectly both, right? And you, Yuvraj literally goes and you know, like like a like a triple jumper or a high jumper. You, you see him step down into the ground and spring up, like, you know, uncoil himself and spring up, you know, almost like a matrix move. And the hang time when he yeah. takes this catch, right? And he's fully extended to, to up and to the right, as we were saying, when he completes the catch and Smith is gone. That's one aspect of Yuvraj Singh's catching over the years, which now that I think about it, uh, you know, really hits me. He never used to celebrate some of the most incredible catches he took. He would Mm -hmm. just take them and look, you know, he would just continue to frown. And, you know, just, and the entire team would come and pounce on him and he'll be like, you know, trying to brace for impact. I think in one of the other games, I think Ashish Nehra or someone came and jumped on him and hurt him after he'd taken (laughs) one of these catches. He's just trying to protect himself. Hey, okay, okay, just, you know, leave me alone. Uh, Someone who was just so nonchalant in his brilliance as a fielder. Uh, yeah, and this was a fantastic catch. It completely ignited the, uh, the India's response to the chase. Also, you thought, because uh, soon after that, they were going to get smacked to all corners of the field by Herschel Gibbs and Jacques Callis. Yeah, I mean, uh, Herschel Gibbs in particular
1: was, you know, the kind of uh, batter who would, who would really deflate your psyche because you would bowl very, very good balls to him. And on his day, uh, I mean, a good length ball would be... Driven on the up through the covers as if it was nothing, and and this was already the phase when um, you know dew was taking effect, and everybody on the Indian side was getting into Douglas Adams mode. All of them <laughs> had their towels out, wiping the ball as much yeah. as they could, and giving it back to the bowler, um, Ashish Nehra, and then Kumble came into the attack, and and the ball was just getting deposited. Somewhere or the yeah. other, far far from the boundary. And then, again, it was the mopping thing that was happening. Yeah. Uh, we do get a chance. Lakshman uh, drops a very, very difficult, full-blooded, uh, you know, uh, cut-slash-drive shot, uh, you know, off Kumbhle. But other than that, it's just, uh, you know, very, very one-way uh, uh, traffic in this match. Because uh, uh, Kalis and uh, Gibbs are just going amazingly well. Yeah. Uh, at the end of around what twenty five odd overs, South Africa are one thirty one forty odd for the loss of just one wicket. Uh, India yeah, are and... not able to make any headway, and yeah. uh, it's so bad that Ganguly and Tendulkar come into the attack.
0: Yeah, it's a hundred and seventy eight run partnership, and the ball is doing nothing. Like you said, it's getting wet, so it's it's. Uh really coming on to the bat. And this was around the phase where Kumble was declining as a one-day bowler, at least. I think he was about to reinvent himself as a test match specialist in the latter stages of his career. But here, Harbhajan already was becoming India's lead one-day spinner. Kumbhle, yes, got an edge, but couldn't get a wicket. He was going for runs. Uh, but really, Callis uh, and, and Gibbs were just toying with this bowling. And the part-timers come on and nothing works. Sevag is not yet brought into the attack, uh, which, is, which is, of course, the final chapter in this amazing evening's play. Uh, but things are just going South Africa's way. And suddenly then, there is the short ball that is bowled to Herschel Gibbs, which he tries to pull. Uh, and as he pulls it, he doesn't time it too well. The ball goes off the outside edge towards the offside. But it's also a very strange shot because he's played it off one hand. One hand has come off the bat, and the other hand, only that he's holding the bat only on his right hand. And yeah. as soon as he plays the shot, he looks at his hands, and he's limping. And yeah. you're wondering, hang on, what's going on there? Yeah, absolutely. Just before
1: that, he's completed uh, his century also. And the celebration seemed to be, you know, again, quite muted for uh, uh, for a century in an important match like this. Uh, uh, Graeme Smith, who had gotten out to Zach earlier, he's out again on the pitch because he's going to run Gibbs' runs, uh, which was, again, an anachronism I'm... of that time because you didn't have, uh, you know... Uh, You don't have this thing now anymore where uh, someone can come out to run someone else's runs. But Smith was able to do that um, uh, for, uh, for Gibbs. But it wasn't of much use. The cramps in his hands got very, very bad very, very soon and he had to retire hurt and it was so yeah. bad that even his bat had to be carried off by yeah. Graeme smith into the dressing room and and you wondered if this was you know india's uh, window of opportunity just a few hours before that harbajan had started uh, you know taking full effect he was bowling these quick off spinners um, and he was stemming the run flow and yeah. um, you know after that you know things just turn around for india yeah. like like nothing else
0: They were also running out of time because, like I said, Kumble was not being very effective and Harbhajan has only one more over to go. Yeah. So Gibbs makes his way out uh, and he's replaced by Jaunty Rhodes, who comes out springing like a jackrabbit as always. <laughs> very busy. You know that he's going to be looking for quick ones and twos here and uh, get, get the chase back on track. And then Harbhajan gets one to bounce a little extra. Jaunty is looking to play a sweep shot, gets a top edge, goes towards... Short fine leg and what happens there, Jobs. Now
1: it's time for the uh, one of the sides of the square. It's Yuvraj Singh diving full length to his right-hand side again um, yes. and, and taking a fantastic catch. This was perhaps not as difficult as the first one that he took uh, to dismiss Graeme Smith. But then, I mean, the standards were set very, very high. On another day, this would have been the best catch of the day. And yeah. uh, this one is is quite a brilliant one as well, because yeah. the ball is really dying. It's come off at the top edge, and uh, he manages to hold on to it. And uh, uh, Jaunty Rhodes is, is a compulsive sweeper. Uh, in one of the interviews, I think after the tournament, uh, Dravid goes on to say how they had used, uh, you know, fielders in that region very, very effectively against uh, South Africa. And so, yeah. perhaps this was part of a plan, perhaps not. But the catch is absolutely
0: brilliant. In fact, both these catches, Indian fans will remember quite fondly. And yeah. I agree with you. I think the Graham Smith catch is, is actually the most spectacular one. But this catch is made to look even more spectacular by the camera work. Because the camera is actually following the ball. You can yeah. see it's a top edge. You can see the ball in the frame. You can't see any fielder. And the ball is, you know, <laughs> lobbed up and it's about to drop on the ground. And then out of nowhere, from the right side of your screen, there is the streak of blue, you know, streaking in horizontally. And that's Yuvraj Singh. With a out, with an outstretched right arm, right hand, right, and yeah. it just uh, barely inches away from the ground, that hand comes under the ball, collects the ball, and doesn't celebrate. <laughs> once again, <laughs> the entire team converges <laughs> once again on brush. and you are like, hang on. In the last over of Harbhajan Singh, another opening. So now Gibbs is gone. You you know that he's probably not going to come back to bat. Jaunty Rhodes is gone. Uh, Hansi Kronje is not playing anymore. Uh, <laughs> so you know that you are into proper choke territory now, right? And yeah. the next batsman yeah. is Boeta dipnar who is not the most experienced player. So, you know yeah. that India are right back into this game after being completely out of it during that 178-run partnership. Yeah,
1: and uh, I mean, true to his uh, reputation, uh, Boeta dipnar falls for a simple duck off the next ball itself. Uh, the equation comes down to 68 of 67. It's a tame pull to backward square leg where Kumbhle manages to hold on to the catch and and then uh, delivers a very sheepish smile. Uh, Harbazin, <laughs> yeah. the bowler, couldn't care less. He's just jumping around very, very yeah. happy at the turnaround.
0: India is managing to, uh, you know, rake up in this match yeah it uh, wasn't the very next ball i think uh, boeta dipinar managed to play a couple of balls and then gets out third ball uh, to a duck so but yes both wickets falling in harbhajan's last over and yeah. and and harbhajan just had this ability right like he kept doing it in those test matches as well where just when you think that you know the chips are down there's no wicket coming from somewhere he'd get that extra dip he'd get that extra loop something would happen and there would be a, a top edge sweep or some catch somewhere right and yeah. Yeah, you had a couple of them and the yeah. game was properly turning now, right? And yeah. uh, but, but that was the end of Harbhajan's spell. And the ball is turning, the fast bowlers are not being very effective, and India spinners have bowled out pretty much, right? So, that's, yeah. the, that's the catch.
1: Yeah, and in a match which had uh, more than 500 runs being scored, uh, Harbhajan ended his spell at just 37 of 10 overs, which was absolutely terrific from him. Boucher uh, uh, comes onto the crease. He goes for a wild, wild heave of uh, Virender Sehwag, who's uh, onto the bowling crease now. There's another catch at short, fine leg. This one is for UV again. This is a very easy one. And probably he ends up celebrating this one, <laughs> given <laughs> given how he's going. And yeah. the equation now is 49 runs needed of 40 balls with even now six wickets to go. Uh, the next man in is uh, Lance Klusner. Now, Lance Klusner in the '99 World Cup set the world on fire with his uh, with his absolute maddening stroke play. Uh, he didn't get out a bat to uh, to the crease. He actually got out a club in that tournament and was, uh, you know, really, really hitting them to all parts of the ground. Uh, Here, he doesn't find any such good luck. It's, uh, you know, very, very good bowling, especially from uh, Zaheer Khan, who I think ends up at, uh, what, 27 of uh, 9 overs. Uh, Again, amazing bowling uh, across the innings in different spells. He can't get the big shots going. And Ganguly being Ganguly, before, uh, you know, Dhoni uh, trusted uh, Joginder Sharma with the last over of the match in the 2017 20 World Cup, Ganguly went one step better in 2002. He trusted Sehwag, who had only bowled three overs before this. Uh, So yes, we come on to the 50th over, last over of the match. India uh, need quite a few wickets. They are still far away from the win. But they have one thing going for them, which is the number of runs that South Africa need to get from this one, 21. Which is not an easy ask even today. Definitely not an easy ask back in 2002. Uh, and the first ball is a table-turning shot. It's a big, big slog sweep from Jak Kallis, uh, who's still battling, who's still trying to bring it home for South Africa. He brings down the equation to 15 of five. And the next ball is not as full as the previous one. It's dropped a little shorter. Kallis yeah. tries to hit the uh, hit a very similar shot. This time it's a top edge and it falls very very safely into the gloves of uh, of Rahul
0: Dravid. Kalis falls three short of perhaps a well deserved century. We must we must uh, appreciate the beauty uh, with which uh, Dravid takes this catch. Yes, because it's a top edge that pops away to the offside. It's popping away towards point. And you know it's it's an inevitable catch. It's not it's not a tough catch or anything. It's a catch. You know it's it's one of those joyous catches that as a fielder, yeah. especially as a wicketkeeper, you know that you know it's decisive and you're going to take it for sure. So Dravid hops, skips, and runs towards the ball, collects the ball, and then hops and skips once more. <laughs> and the entire team <laughs> celebrates again. So yeah, yeah, you know at this stage the game is probably done because Callus is gone and Klusner is not connecting at all. So you know that uh, India very much now uh, holding the the aces. In these, uh, you know,
1: in, in today's era, you have this new law that if you have crossed while the ball is in the air and it finally ends up in a catch, you yeah. don't, You it doesn't count. The new batter yeah. has to come to the batting crease. After this ball or watching this ball, I wondered, how did Klusner cross? I mean, the hmm. ball had not not even gone to, you know, as far as point. It's yeah. just somewhere at whatever silly point and then Kluzner is on the strike and i'm wondering what happened uh-huh. how did how did he even manage to cross it's it's just how it yeah. uh, you know rolled back in the day you
0: Sean could Pollock... either you could either put it down to south african competence in in uh, situations like this just being very aware of what is required Which or is... you could put it down to umpiring incompetence <laughs> where nobody noticed whether he crossed or not and they just went to the vibes and said yes he's probably crossed <laughs> Maybe, maybe they should have gone to the third empire even, with this did he <laughs> yes. cross or not? Yeah.
1: Sean Pollock is the next man in. Uh, there's uh, he's not on the crease batting crease though. It's uh, Klusner on strike, and uh, South Africa need 15 of four. Uh, Klusner hits two doubles to make it 11 of two, um, and then uh, you know it's it's one of those balls which is basically going to decide the fate of this match. South Africa basically need two sixes, India. Uh, will be very, very happy to you know uh, uh, concede anything less than a six. Uh, Klusner is on strike. He comes down the track. And Sehwag being Sehwag, knows what the batsman is going to perhaps try and do. He floats it out very, very wide. Klusner can hit it uh, only to cover. Very tame shot. Um, Sachin is the ever-alert fielder there. Darts yeah. in a quick throw. Uh, Kluzner can't even take a single. And at that moment, you hear... Yeah. Whoops yeah. of joy from the Indian fielders. Dravid's yeah. whoop is eminently recognizable of, uh, <laughs> of the stump mic at the batting end. Uh, Sehwag is hugged by uh, Saurav Ganguly, <laughs> who comes yeah. from what mid wicket, I think. <laughs> yeah. And you know the, the match is more or less over. But they still have to go back. Like that's the end of the still have yes. to <laughs> go back and bowl one bowl. more ball. Flusner yeah. tries to go for the for the last big shot attempt. He miss hits it. And then again, the, the <laughs> thing was Kef is standing there at long off waiting for the catch. I mean, he could have left it. It could have gone for four. It was hit so yeah. badly that it wouldn't have gone for four. But he completes yeah. the catch. Sevag has now picked up three wickets. And uh, at that moment itself, Ravi Shastri announces on commentary that Sehwag is going to be
0: man of match. Of course. Uh, glorious finish, massive celebration. This, of course, was the era of the Ganguly team huddle. Uh, but in this case, the huddle had Sevag right in the middle. So, Seva gets buried by his teammates who so are all celebrating with great joy. A wonderful run for the Indian team, right? So, this was soon after the NatWest uh, victory as well, which itself came in a, in a phase where India were losing a lot of finals. Um, yep. And of course, soon after match fixing and all of that. So, Finally, that jinx gets broken. They win a tournament and they get into the final of another one on the back of some very good wins. So, they had just beaten England in this tournament as well with Ganguly and Sehwag hitting hundreds in the previous game. And now they're set to face Sri Lanka in the final. And very honestly, India were going in as uh, staunch favorites to win yeah. that final, right? Yeah, uh, and and they had two
1: goals at the final. Uh, yes. you, had, uh, you had this reserve day concept and they played... Uh, matches which had uh, Sri Lanka uh, batting first on both occasions and India hardly getting a bat. So if it would have been gully cricket rules, I think by now, Sri Lanka would have, uh, India would have thrown their toes out of the pram because they just didn't get to bat at all. Uh, And in both matches, you could say, uh, you know, with a certain degree of confidence that India really had a good chance of chasing down whatever 220, 240 odd that the Sri Lankans had put on the board but it wasn't to be um, as rain plain spoiled sport and the the presentation involved um uh, the two captains sri lanka and india holding the trophy together which is typically what happens at the beginning of a bilateral <laughs> yes. uh,
0: series these days so yeah disappointing end to a to a quite a nice tournament i would say this tournament really was a precursor to many things that were going to happen in cricket right icc commercialization Player reviews, uh, India slowly becoming a strength in ICC events uh, going on to win the World Cup many years later and West Indies slowly disintegrating as a global force with uh, contract disputes and whatnot. Plenty happening in Sri Lanka in 2002. Yes, indeed.
1: So that was us on episode 12 of Heads and Tails, where we went back to 2002 uh, to rewind a match which we thought of when we saw what Lucknow did against Gujarat in the IPL. If there's any match from the past that you think uh, would be fun to remember, please let us know about it. Listen to us on Spotify and all other podcast platforms that you usually use. Uh, Till then, it's goodbye from me, Abhishek, and from Nitin. See you all. Thanks for listening
0: and we'll be back next week. See you. Bye. Bye-bye.
1: You were listening to Heads and Tails, Hosted by Abhishek Chopra and Nitin Sundar. Produced by Audiomatic. Producers for Audiomatic, Rajesh Tahil and Avdood Khanulkar. Assistant Producer, Piyakash.